I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, MJ. Hi, Marie. And hi, listeners. Welcome to Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum. Where we process our media theory takeaways and other hot takes from last night's episode of The Kardashians. That's right. And we just watched episode nine. One more episode left. The penultimate episode. You cannot speak into the microphone like that. (laughs) It's like popping so much. (laughs) Should I say it again? Well, no, that'll be fun. Okay. That'll be a fun moment. And then we'll just move on. Okay. Um, Okay. Episode nine. Oh, they have absolutely exhausted me this season. It's like I've watched nothing and, and I've so watched much. yeah, and yet so much. What are you what are, what are your takeaways? So in this episode, it was a lot more just like the last episode, like hodgepodge of things. Mhm. Yeah, what the fuck happened? Um what the fuck happened in this episode? I, I blacked out. Um there were a lot of events. So we could just like quick go through Courtney has a push event. They talk about body image. Finally, there were a lot of people from what I saw in my comments on Kardashian colloquium, like anticipating the scene where they talk about body image. Kim goes through a storage unit full of Kanye memories. And then they go to the people's choice awards and, and Courtney and Chloe take lie detector tests and, uh courtney wants a part two on the deep kim conversation closure about the conflict so just lots of little things oh and travis's birthday party yeah right lots of little scenarios happened let's get into our official takeaways our first one we've titled (laughs) the gen z dog whistles (laughs) i'm proud of that so are we saying like Dog whistle as in like... Well, I looked it up to confirm to make sure that like titling it that was not in any way offensive because I've mostly heard the term dog whistle used to talk about people speaking in coded offensive ways to reach often like the right wing. So I was like, wait, like the word, the term dog whistle applies in like how I'm seeing their their Gen Z moments in this episode, but I'd want to make sure I'm not misusing the term. So it's used online a lot to speak to a certain dynamic, but actually dog whistle is just like a general political device uh, that's like a political, like, it transcends like partisans and it's like both people just use dog whistles to reach demographics. 
with coded language. And so the Kardashians were dog whistling Gen Z in this episode because there were so many little moments that were Gen Z coded. For example, um, Charlie D'Amelio makes an appearance at Courtney's Poosh event because she's dating the son, right? son. Was his name? Tyler? Landon, I think Landon. There is someone named Tyler in the family, in like the Brady Bunch family of Kravis. Um, There's like a best friend named Tyler, I'm pretty sure. But, and I know Gen Z like goes crazy for Charlie D'Amelio, as far as I understand. And then um, (laughs) they always ask me what I think, what my take is on About Charlie D'Amelio? Or like the D'Amelios in general. And it's like, I've got brain space for one media family dynasty. I can't, I can't take it on. Um, at the same party, Courtney meets a super fan, a big content creator who's, who's focuses on Courtney and their work. And, uh, that was another, just, they like to bridge the pair. They, I don't, I should look back to see when the first occurrence of this was of the Kardashians reaching beyond the fourth wall and like plucking their bigger influencers or followers from the audience to make us feel like we're jumping into the screen, into the world, you know, Mm -hmm. because those, those people represent like the audience, you know? Yes. So it breaks the fourth wall, makes the fans feel brought into the world. The, the, these influencers are meant to represent us, the populace, the everyday. Yes. But like these people are like celebrities in their own right. Right. It harnesses all of those audiences, not only, not only making us feel seen, they benefit because these mega influencers have accumulated a new media social media age capital that Mm -hmm. extends upon the like form of fame that the kardashians kind of pioneered but they come with their own audience their own massive audience so of course they're going to court benny drama and Nori's black book and then they're going to like realize that worked and then look to other big influencers to bring on they're not going to go for influencers with any less than i'm curious how much how many people follow that person. I'll look it up later, but they're going to go to pe- people that are wise investments on the basis of sheer numbers. For sure. You know, so it's just another way of reaching 2 million more people or whatever mm-hmm. it is um, beyond yeah. the gimmick of like, if any drama is funny. And so we want Benny drama on because it'll add some flair to a scene. Mm-hmm. It's also Benny drama has accumulated a very loyal following. So we stay relevant with that crowd. Yeah. It's very, it is very smart. No, like they're fracturing along with the media landscape. So mm-hmm. they're just like, it's all breaking apart into these like micro audiences and they're making sure to like dominate that too. Mm-hmm. Or and, at least try to. Right. And it ensures a kind of posterity because these are younger generations too. Courtney's energy at the party, it felt like she had just come from media training class. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And she was kind of like interested in the things she learned about too. Right. She was like excited to regurgitate it. Right. And to like practice the skills. Yeah, exactly. Because she was like, this is my thing now. Right. right. This, <laughs> this is, is my, my new name. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a super fan who was Gen Z, who was a successful influencer. There was Charlie D'Amelio. I feel like there were other dog whistles, but we'll just cut to the, we'll just jump to the big one, which was the one everyone's been waiting for, the talk about body image. Ah, yes. Yes. Oh, so that's a Gen Z dog whistle because Gen Z is like, for sure, trying to have them talk about it. Gen Z is very body positive and that 
from what I can tell of being like on the TikTok landscape, that's what they really want to hear the Kardashians speak to. Because if you oh. think about it, we as like, I don't know, are you a Gen Z or millennial technically? What are you? Oh my God, Michelle, I'm a millennial. Are you a young millennial, like older Gen Z? I'm a young, no, I am nothing of the sort. I am 1994. I am solidly a young millennial. I am not on any kind of cusp. I am a millennial and I'm fucking proud of that. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm like touched by your pride and being a millennial. We're supposed to be ashamed of being millennials, you know? I am not ashamed. Like, I'm really happy I can read. <laughs> I have no stake in this game. They can come for me. <laughs> And okay, my but- 1,500 followers. <laughs> I will take it upon myself to soften that. She's kidding, you guys. Okay, no, I'm proud to be a millennial as well. I think, I think, I thought you were a Gen Z cusp just because to me, you're always going to be my baby sister. Right. But, like, there's a reason we get along. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, if I was a cusp, we would have nothing to talk about. Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. We're all on the same epistem in that way. Yes, 100%. Yes. You just like like bright eyes on top right. of it. I like, like that's eyes. where it's like, oh, I like didn't I was like I was in high school at the same time as you, so like Yeah. There's like little things, mu- like maybe culturally, musically, artistically, whatever. There's different yeah. we, we might have like some fork off with like references we make. Right. But ultimately there's like enough the same that like our behavior is more or less the same like yeah we live in more of a the same cultural epistem than like we do with gen z yeah sorry i was thinking about what you the way you said i can read it was very funny (laughs) no i thought the delivery was on point it was it was um that speaks to like something fran lebowitz said i believe in pretended to city in netflix she was like i don't believe that generations outside of themselves cannot really understand each other like you really understand the people in your own generation you can't ever Mm. fully understand someone in the other generation and i believe it right and it's like no one's fault at a certain point it's just like yeah like we grew up differently and now with the way technology is and how fast information moves like the time between generations is shortening and the differences are like widening and becoming yes Yes. So, uh, yeah. Like, tell me about it, Fran. I think the most important thing is like, <laughs> I was say like, like nurturing, like empathy. <laughs> Even though we no. just like roasted Gen Z. <laughs> For sure. I think what's really actually important is like to have empathy and try to understand. Well, no, I. I mean, yeah, I imagine it'd be really frustrating to not know how to read. <laughs> Now you're just trying to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, okay, so I don't even know where to come back from that. We're both millennials, so we watched the Kardashians execute their full arc. We mm. watched them hit the scene with bodies that were considered quote unquote normal, curvy, like healthy. Mm-hmm. In a backdrop of very bone thin, white, blonde, bleached, preppy princess, pop princess vibes. Like that was the cultural landscape. Like Tyra was horribly bullied for being a curvy black woman. 
Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was a landscape like bullying Tyra and -hmm. then a bunch of blonde girls that were like being like, were being very, very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of the women, all of the above just being like abused by paparazzi and tabloids. So To me, that's how I see the early aughts. I think a lot of us remember it that way. And then the Kardashians hit the scene and they did disrupt the norm. Mm -hmm. Um, You can see this conversation between Tyra. The reason I bring her up as an example is because it all kind of comes full circle when they sit on Tyra's couch and talk about um, the Kardashians disrupting the beauty standards of the time in a Mm -hmm. progressive, positive way. Mm. Um, and, And they're all kind of like kind of like having communion about that on the Tyra show. So, Uh. yeah. So we saw that arc. We saw it start there and we saw it go from something kind of healthy. And as a therapist, I can say other millennial women have come into my office and talked about, you know, the Kardashians were helpful in this way and found the Kardashians helpful for their, for their body image. Mm -hmm. And then we, the BBLs happened. And then now this new era of like astringent thinness, the return mm-hmm. to the early odd standard that I believe Kim and Chloe, but Kim especially returned to a, as I put it once, they lost the BBLs so that they could bring the BBLs back because they're just in a constant state of change. Mm-hmm. And it kind of signified like a change in Kim's life to like move on from an aesthetic that she had really uh, invested in well with Kanye, which is to say the cultural appropriation amalgamation mm-hmm. of multiple, like multiple ethnicities and races, um, which I believe the Kardashians will always come in and out of and will always do. I don't think that's ever really going to be over, but they mm-hmm. were in like a certain like era for sure at the end of her marriage with Kanye. Um, but all this to say, I don't know if like I was articulate with all that. You really were like, really? I was really, I was kind of like, I don't think I'm going to talk this entire episode. Really? But is it because yeah. I'm talking over you? No, it's not because of that. It's because it's like you don't you're summing it up so well and clearly. It's like I couldn't add anything better to that. Oh well I'm thank you. I'm glad to hear that. I guess my point is millennials have observed like an arc, right? So and the and the and Gen Z has become cognizant at a time in the Kardashians arc where it's BBLs, expensive, dangerous BBLs, which require money to pay for to get mm-hmm. in and uh amid like discourses about the cultural appropriation of doing so mm-hmm. and then phase two of the kardashians skinny aspirational whiteness like back to the early aughts nostalgia throwback post kanye mm-hmm. and so they didn't really see that where it all started right which is to say there's a lot of mostly outrage on TikTok about the Kardashians, about their bodies, which for us, I think as older people, there's like a wider range of critiques and discourses to have about the Kardashians than just body image. Right. But it makes sense that Gen Z kind of has honed in on that. Right, right, right. Since like women are never going to be free, there's always going to be some kind of like body standard mm-hmm. and then always some like disruption of it. So like – but then that created a new standard and then that got like fucked up. And so like, they're just, yeah, exactly. They're witnessing like the latter half of the arc, 
where it turned into like the norm and it's bad. It came full circle. Yeah. They choose to have this scene occur. First of all, I'm very interested in who was selected to do this conversation. Uh, Chloe, Courtney, and Kylie. So Chloe has been like picked apart by all of us and by the media her whole tenure on the show. Mm-hmm. Like she was the fat sister. She was shamed, body shamed all the time. Then she was shamed for her plastic surgery. I mean, she was. I mean, we have, mm-hmm. we, you and I have a conversation on YouTube called Chloe's Face and we break <laughs> apart. Like, and I don't think we're cruel about it at all. The fact of the matter is, Chloe w- gets a new face every few years and that it is what it is. And I don't think we were mean about it. We were just kind of analyzing what does that mean to have a whole new face that's almost like a mask mm-hmm. and the postmodern kind of an an- analysis of it. But, but the fact is, Chloe represents the visibility of that of that arc. The yeah. like she is that, and then uh, Courtney is supposed to represent body acceptance being natural. Even though Courtney has subtly, but to me, still obviously had plastic surgery too. Mm-hmm. I think there's. I think Courtney had a BBL, a facelift, nose job. Like she's done it all. It's just been less. Uh, like stylistically, it's more subtle. Mm-hmm. And then Kylie, who Gen Z is obsessed with Kylie. So mm. they put them in a room, gave them the prompt. Even the way Courtney initiates the conversation, she's like, let's talk about body standards. Like <laughs> the way it sounded foreign coming out of her mouth, even though she's supposed to be the self-love one. Right. Like it felt just, it felt planned, all of it. And at some point when they're kind of summing up, I think Chloe is summing up what they're really saying she says there's they're kind of saying hang on i wrote a note they be, they, they all talk about there's so many pressures being put on us kind of from the public and what mm-hmm. they really mean to say is blame mm-hmm. and they're that's them speaking to all of us of like we're learning and we're growing and like you can't hold us to this but we also get why you are but like deal with it like we're making our choices for us because like we've been kind of like reminding us that there's been pressure on them and a lot of eyes on them and like why wouldn't you want to like and modify or enhance how you look when everyone's watching you even though everyone's watching you because they're obsessed with the changes you're making right i mean it's like a constant feedback loop yeah because they kept reminding us like well we're human we went through phases we use filters we move through those phases like it's like a lot of like you can we can relate to you and your insecurities that you say we caused in you because society caused it in us like chloe says society made me i think chloe said society gave me insecurities but what the kardashians like are kind of still failing to close the loop on is like they kind of in a way like our society now totally yeah no they are all of the images that we see that creates the messaging that you hear Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like absorb that's why it's an ever an endless loop because they're saying that they do it because they're insecure because of us. And then we're saying that they are making us insecure. It's like this fucking mirror. Yeah. So Gen Z's been dying for them to acknowledge it. They acknowledge it. I'm curious what you all think if it was enough. If like that's even a metric that should exist that it's enough. Like what what, what does accountability look like? Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, is it deflating the BBLs? When the BBLs were deflated, people were also upset. You know, so right. it's... I think people, that's why the answer for so many people is for them to just go away. Right. Because it's like they've created a system where they're going to profit no matter what Mm -hmm. from it. And they're going to influence the discourse 
no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like they're just that powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. No, totally. So the only answer for a lot of people I think is like just they can go to zero. Like let's just like not have to do it at all. But it's too late. They're part of the institution and um, we just can make the most of the conversations that they start and what we want and figuring out what we want to resist, what we don't want to accept. We can look inwards and fig- filter out what we don't want to learn from them or do like them. What we don't want to do like them. <laughs> that sounds I know. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now the joke's on us because we can't talk. <laughs> Gen Z might not be able to read, but apparently we can't talk. Um, okay, so let's move on to number two. We'll have to move through it pretty quickly, but that's okay. Okay, we've entitled number two Kim's Glorified Scrapbook. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. (laughs) You're looking at me like... Can you please explain this? Yes, because I'm too tired. And, and I feel like you were never convinced that this one was relevant, I think. Um, I know it's relevant, but it's like tired. It's like we know they archive things because it like he- archiving helps form legacy. Well said, sister. You said that it. with fatigue, but that was very <laughs> valuable. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you guys, we're tired today. I'm so sorry if that's coming through, but the girlies are tired and you're going to just have to deal with it. And we're sure you're tired too. No, we're all tired. That's why we're relatable when the Kardashians can't be. True. Am I right? Yes, totally. (laughs) All right. He, yes, archiving creates legacy. That's that's totally their thing. It's become um, more of a more of a self aware trope in recent seasons. The more elite they become, the more open they are about their archival impulse. They yes. always collected memory. They always talked about scrapbooks and traditions, and 
memories and family all from the beginning, but now they're creating almost spectacle out of their whole agenda. The show itself is an archive, you know? So Kim goes to a storage unit. She says the sentence that I just thought was such an incredible sentence. She says, she calls herself a memory hoarder. And she says, when I first started to get into storages, I think Kanye had like 32 storage units and I got them all down to three. <laughs> when I first started getting into storages. Yes, that, that. And then like, also just there's such a story within that sentence of like getting Kanye down from 32 to three, which like somehow was not on the show, but like that's a project. Um, and so she goes, into, yeah. And so she goes into this massive storage. It's quite well organized. I mean, this is something that exists in the card. That is where it is a reality show about uh, reality TV show stars, because that storage unit doesn't exist for the sake of the show, for the end game of being filmed. That storage unit is living there for Kardashian purposes in their lives. You know what I mean? It's that was not a scenario for the spectacle for the show to promote something that was just straight up like the big Kanye closet. That's their, that's their version of like a backroom closet with like your old shit. It was full right. of old uh, Kanye merch from different tours. It was mostly it, the point was that Kim went to her Kanye storage to decide what she was going to get rid of. There's just like rows and rows and rows of like, merch from his past tours from some Yeezy shows she's talking about she'll give some to her kids to give away at their birthday parties and then saving certain things for the kids to enjoy and the point of the scene I started to realize is they point out the producers point out at one point your divorce from Kanye is final today okay so even though the storage unit exists for Kim and Kanye's lives. This is not for the reality show. This is like what it means to be Kim and Kanye in need of big space for all your stuff. Mm -hmm. The choice to send Kim to that storage unit to go through the items in it, the day of her divorce being finalized, is a choice. That's how they chose to commemorate and dramatize that moment in Kim's life. Mm -hmm. That's basically as good as a scene of showing a woman paging through a scrapbook with her of photos of her and her ex if they want to have a dramatic effect of someone's heartbreak and they have to move on but Mm -hmm. in the kardashian world that looks like shuffling through hangers of clothes from epic 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 music tours Mm -hmm. to commemorate a a huge celebrity divorce you know what i mean for sure the scale of it was notable to me i'm personally fascinated by the kardashian archival impulse so for me, it was an interesting scene, actually. No, for sure. I think that's, like, one of the main things about them mm-hmm. is the archival impulse. It's just, like, so there that I that it's, like, tired for me. But I get it. I, like, really do get it. And what is interesting to me, too, and I have no, like, greater point to make about this. It just reminds me of, like, rooms where computers sit. Mm, the room itself. Yeah, like, it's just, I don't know. It's very, like, backrooms energy, if you don't know what that means. Look it up. But that's not even what I mean. Like, I'm just talking about, like, the physical space of it Mm -hmm. is, like, where the Mm. computers of our simulation. Like, yes, I know what you're saying. No, 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 I know what you're saying. Basically, you're speaking to the idea, I think, of the point of a storage unit 
is to contain information and Mm -hmm. that is like quite literally like storage computers have storage Mm -hmm. and that's all we're going to say about that because you're starting to get into territory that I'm actually going to be breaking down in my book. Ah, so in the most Kardashian turn of events for the rest of that story, you can go read Michelle's book. In a few years, sadly, but, um, you you know what? We'll take a page out of the Kardashians proverbial book and start the advertising now. <laughs> right. <laughs> there have been times actually where I'm like, should I be making note of like their weird strategies for my own purposes? But I don't even honestly, even as a Kardashian scholar, I don't know where to fucking start. Like, I'm just going to be totally earnest with you guys. <gasps> but that's what they would say. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> what are we becoming? <laughs> okay let's do number three okay all righty rue um so our third point we've entitled courtney's forced epilogue Mm -hmm. so the sisters are at it again um we're getting one more conversation with kim and courtney about this fucking fight with chloe there to mediate and with Courtney equipped with like little notes and you can tell because she's like basically like I took notes after our my last talk with Kim and I have more to say and you can tell they're all kind of like what more is there to say (laughs) totally for sure which okay begs a question is this really Courtney Mm. not being able to get over it because we never knew if this was like real, how much of this was real, how much of it wasn't, or was it truly like, okay, we need like one more scene about this just to tie the bow mm. for the season. That's a great point. And what I was kind of thinking is like, they really hyped this conflict. And at the end of the day, like what all that it was, was Courtney was hurt. She cried about like the deal. She made Kim process. She bitched about it to Chloe. Eventually it, culminated in a talk with Kim like it wasn't it was actually a pretty mild sister fight even if it like gets to deep 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 stuff between them and then Mm -hmm. the question is always lingering still was it just an ad um and or a weird gray area which is psychologically philosophically fascinating that it may have been in this bizarre gray area yeah for them and we're witnessing that yeah i think that's what was so captivating for people Mm -hmm. whether they knew that consciously or not people were captivated either there was a lot of conversation about it like some some of you might have seen like i was interviewed for a time magazine piece about it and it was really just kind of like people are taking it pretty face value like they're fighting are they going to survive it like a relationship was a relationship going to survive it obviously Mm um and yes when you were the one to reframe it for me of like no it's because they don't know where the business starts and where they end and vice versa that really reshaped my view of the whole thing but i will say that the part of me that now is watching it with a little bit more belief in it yes because of that reframed view um felt like Courtney did want to like 
really feel that Kim understood her side and Kim had kind of given up on like Kim was fully humoring Courtney and kind of just like yesing her to get it done. For and sure. I even watching it, even though like I found myself empathizing with Courtney because Courtney was voicing valid things about the endless machinery of the project and the endless dri- Kim's endless drive that is like capitalist dystopia. Mm-hmm. This time I will say watching it, I was like, Courtney, you got to accept like this is like Kim's drive and there might not be a rational explanation for it. For sure. You know, and and I actually do have a rational explanation that <laughs> again, I got to save it for my book, guys. But watching it, I was like, oh, wow, I really know the answer. And I guess it's my job to write it because no one's actually able to articulate why Kim does this. And Kim's Mm -hmm. kind of also like, drop it. Like, I've got my version. You've got yours. But Courtney really wanted Kim to like do more self-reflection than Kim is like willing to do. Right. And I think Kim is like, yeah, like – I know this about myself. Like you just have to deal with it. Right. Yes. And Courtney's not wrong. Like Courtney's not wrong, but she has to accept it. That's where it's like, ah, because that's like, that's them wanting us to accept it. Yes. And like, and like, we shouldn't have to accept it. Courtney is speaking for the people right now. No, for sure. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to accept it. It's scaly. Yeah. I guess what, yes, none of us should have to accept it. I think what I wanted to see acceptance of, and then I think this is also expected of us as well, narratively. I don't know if this is going to make any sense because you have, what I'm about to say requires you to unhook from parasocial attachment to the Kardashians. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So let's just, let's all try this all together. <laughs> yes. Um, um, the moral of the, the scene, at least as far as what it was evoking in me and wanting Courtney to accept it, was the basic human reality that we all have different subjectivities. True. Mm. And they say that. They say, like, we all have different drives. And, like, Courtney's really trying to be okay with that by the end because I think she realizes she's not getting through to Kim. And it mm-hmm. is what it is. And Kim's kind of like, LOL, yeah, you're not going to get through to me. Mm-hmm. But that's, they all kind of settle on that. And and I kind of like pulled back from the simulation when they said that of like, right, Courtney has her own subjectivity. She has got her rock star life with Travis. Kim has hers with capitalist Pac-Man. Chloe's got her own drive too. But then you pan back to like even bigger picture, like all the people of the world have their own subjectivities. You know what I mean? No, for sure. (laughs) Well, and it's relevant in that if we all accepted that, like maybe we'd be in a better spot. But then at the same time, it's exactly why like everything feels hopeless because we all have a different Mm -hmm. story in our heads. And Maybe there's the argument to your full circle to your point, like Kim needs to understand what Courtney's trying to say because Kim is like operating on a different wavelength and level that alienates and isolates the system beyond that one drive, that one person with their agenda, otherwise known as that one class with its agenda. Mm. For Courtney to say, Kim, look at your drive and try to understand why 
basically that is Courtney speaking for the idea of like, yeah, okay, we've all have our own subjectivities, but like you need to like reassess yours and what it does to the bigger picture, the greater good. So like, right. Yeah. But now I'm losing it all. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, it's like, I mean, it just shows that there was power to this narrative because look at we where we started this conversation. Look at where we ended up. Yes, exactly. Well said. Yeah. Okay. We started talking about like, kind of like a tired scene between these sisters, like with a conflict we already knew about. And then we ended talking about like, if we all just understood each other better in this world. Right. <laughs> so it's almost like everything that's happened, the culmination of the fight was so underwhelming, but like, it still like is evoking these big questions. So it's can't be that underwhelming. The Kardashians will always evoke big questions and strong, strong feelings in people. Yes. Just like look at the comment sections on any given polyester promo for this podcast. Uh, I'd rather not, actually. <laughs> I, I like no learned way. quickly that I shouldn't, in fact. <laughs> no, it's interesting. I actually, it's, I'm so overdue to do this. Like, let this be a mental note. Hold me accountable to this, guys, if I forget to do it. I want to literally like label or, or identify the different archetypes of comments on Kardashian content. Because there's always the person that's like, can we just stop paying them any attention? Then there's the one that's like... Which it's also like, well, then don't comment on this. Right. You just drove engagement up more, bucko. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So our NPC is kind of fun. It's kind of fun this time around because the actual NPCs were a little bit too much NPC vibes. Um, So we didn't choose any of those. Um... Didn't make the cut. Sorry, guys. But the NPC of this episode is actually Machine Gun Kelly at Travis Barker's surprise party. He clearly, I feel like internally he felt like an NPC at that party. And that was clear. Did you see how when Kim went to give Travis his birthday present, MGK was so eager to greet her that he stepped up and she kind of just went right past him? Yes. That is actually like the first thing I noticed. And that's like what tipped me off. I was like, oh, he's uncomfortable. And and Travis clearly having been around sissies long enough to know that you like respect the sissy conversation. Yeah, he was like, don't worry, sisters, I'm not interrupting or whatever he said. And it's like, that's a true partner to someone who is a sister. They know when they're not wanted and when you just have to respect the sister space happening. (laughs) You don't enter it, you keep walking. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) And then MGK like trailing behind. Right. He doesn't know the sister code. Oh, no. he That's clear. So MGK was the NPC. Mm. And we are, we have G2G. Yes. BRB. Yeah. BRB till next week. Yeah. Um, What's the thing that we said we would show oh, yes. and close off with? And if I don't see you, good evening, good afternoon, and good night or something. I got it, I butchered it, but I think it's just bedtime. It's bedtime. That was a Truman Show reference. God, these women know how to exhaust you. 
nobody wants to work anymore. Get off your ass and work. Okay, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.